Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the latest and last episode of the season. It's episode 253. It's the Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. And like I said, for the final time this season, I'm joined by Mr. Liam Keane. Come in, Liam. Hello, Mr. Judah. How are you? Hey, we? I'm all right, Chuck. I'm all right. I'm all right. As, as can be, I had to be up early this morning. I had to go to the... Poundland Stadium uh, <laughs> is Warsaw Football Club to do some positional reviews. God, you think Wolves have got it bad? Crikey. Dearie me. There's some bad players on that stuff. Anyway, I digress. I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. It was a, it was a, it was a long weekend, wasn't it, for us? It was a long weekend full of um, full of disappointment, I guess. Um, with, the, with the ladies who did a great job on, on Saturday against uh, a very drilled Southampton side. And uh, occasion was, was fab. And look, they, they just... just Came up a little bit short, didn't they? Which was which was a shame, but uh, still very proud and, and and really enjoyed watching them this season uh, when we got the chance, and then and then obviously on to Anfield, mate. And uh, I must admit, and uh, Mr. Spears called me on the way on the way in when I was driving into Anfield. We were kind of discussing the game, and we both we both kind of alluded to the same point of like, not really. Apart from the kickoff, like there's not really anything to get excited about in this for the game today just kind of want it to be over because nothing's going on but actually apart from the result the, the end result it, it was a very enjoyable game of football and I think with the connotations which were going on at Man City and, and Liverpool and the atmosphere in the stadium and, and that Wolves actually played as well as they've done you know in the last two months it was I didn't come I didn't come away from that stadium feeling a sense of frustration regret and anger that maybe I have done in previous games what would you say? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. It was, um, I mean, as an occasion, as you say, there the the atmosphere inside Anfield was unbelievable. Um, I mean, you were way up in the gods. What was it like? What was it like? It was. Up there? Do, do you know what? And the pictures, the pictures looked very. I really enjoyed it. Actually, I was I was in the commentary area of with with um, with Liverpool, especially going for the league, which was the same as two or three years ago. I think it's very difficult to get two press passes uh, for us or, or anyone. Uh, in Liverpool, so we're very fortunate. We actually ended up getting a couple and calling in a few favours. So Aquino was at the in the in the bottom or top of the bottom tier, I guess, where the where the written press are with with a birds with, with a decent view. And I've got the bird's eye view from the commentary box, which was a good three, no, six levels up into the gods. But actually, from a from an overall analysis kind of a game, it was actually it was actually nice to watch. And bizarrely, I wasn't at the very top. If you look behind me, there's another stand that goes up even further, which is crazy. Um, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I did worry for you slightly, Kino, when you did turn up, and uh, <laughs> you were a little bit worse for wear. You weren't good. I got a couple of um, a couple of messy, sloppy messages on the early hours or, or late late hours of the uh, Saturday night, early Sunday morning. So I, I feared the worst, and you did. You did okay. You did okay. <laughs> I uh, I actually forgot. I messaged you. I'm just looking at it now. It wasn't actually that. It wasn't even that late. It was mm. like. Wait, I'm getting it up now. Bear with me. It was. So there we go. Saturday night. Yeah, it was. It was twenty to ten. It wasn't even. It, it wasn't even that late. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't even that bad. I was just having a bit of banter, and I was like, "Oh, I could tell straight away you weren't interested." Because all bit of banter was... is that was a, it was just a bit. It was you sound like Richard Keys. It was just banter. It was just banter, and and all I got back was emoji uh, replies. So I, I knew straight away that I was I should probably uh, cease communications. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it was. Uh, I, I after the the Stockport. Uh, well, the Wolves were in game rather at Stockport. I um, 
yeah, I went to Liverpool, stayed with a, a mate of mine from uni, and uh, me and him went out for a couple of beverages. It was, uh, yeah, it was a good night. I wasn't, I wasn't I, honestly though. I wasn't bad when I turned up Anfield. I was fine. I, you know, I was showered. I was fresh faced. I was ready Ross, to go. I didn't make quite a change. Uh, I know. Yeah, I didn't quite eat as much as I normally do. No, no, <laughs> but, no desserts for you, Kino. Yeah, well, I was saying that they did actually have a couple. Oh, did they, you? Okay. Couple, they had a couple at half time. They didn't bring any out before game, but at half time oh. they had a couple. Oh. Yeah, See, I would, I would, I wouldn't know because I wasn't going down to the press room at half time because I was that much in the gods. It would take me the whole. It would easily have taken me the whole fifteen minutes to actually get down to the press room, let alone get back up again. Yeah, you you didn't miss out much. There was a few nice sandwiches and a couple a couple sweets. I mean, I needed something sweet to be honest because the. Sort of gammon roast was not the kind of ideal food. After I quite all. liked it actually. No, no, no. It was nice, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't be what I'd chosen after a night of um, a couple of beverages. If, mm. if you catch my drift, so I needed something sweet and something. I mean, I don't normally go for full fat coke, for example, but I had one of those when I was there because I just needed wow. something to sort of perk me up a little bit. Yeah, a little bit sugar kick. Yeah, exactly. I was fine though. I was good, and I, I was, and I was, you know, more than given the sugar kick I needed when watching the football because it was a good game of football. It was. It was a good game of football. I thought, I thought they played well in parts. Um... Great start to the game, uh, you know the classic uh, well-worked training ground long long ball forward from the goalkeeper straight to uh, um, straight to straight to Jimenez. Look, it was funny, wasn't it? They looked brilliant in the first fifteen twenty minutes. Uh, I thought Neto looked superb after worrying. You know, he he looked he looked like the Neto. He looked like he'd found a yard. Uh, of course, of course, then going off after twenty odd minutes, but going ahead and then really, really. Should have been two, if not three. Dendonka, what a chance. Gets that on target. I mean, how many times have we said that this season? Gets on target, that's a goal. Um, and then when City had conceded against Villa and the whole crowd erupts, despite despite Wolves being 1-0 up, um, Juan has a great chance one-on-one. Running, Could have placed anywhere and, and look, it's, it's a shot that's kind of tamely saved I guess it went out for a corner in the end but two amazing opportunities to really make your mark there and and you did fear the worst when they missed those two opportunities because you knew that Liverpool were going to come back into the game and come back in strongly yeah I mean you, you look at that Liverpool outfit they're an incredibly strong team I mean look at the signings they made we, well, we know about Jota of course but Diaz I think is a top top draw player um, and particularly for the fee they got him at um, and it's all the way through that squad. They can have you know your likes of Salah and Van Dijk on the bench, and they've still got an incredibly, incredibly strong team. Although Canate made a couple of errors that Wolves capitalised on with the goal, of yeah. course, and, and a couple of others. But you have to take those chances. Now the, the good signs are that the chances are there. Look, Wolves. I, I totally echo your point that Pedro Neto I thought looked excellent in his 22 minutes on the field, and luckily he said after the game on social media that he he's okay and you know he'll be back next season. Um, I, you know. Huang, I thought, aside from that miss, he got into some good positions, but really the decision-making was off. Um, you look at the second half as well. I mean, Raul, there was a two-on-one with Huang and he overplayed the pass. There was a three-on-one with Huang and Dendonka and he should have gone to the left probably and gone to Huang, but he went right to Dendonka and again also overplayed it. Um, there were so many opportunities. You have to take those opportunities. But as I was about to say, the the fact that those chances are there, they're creating them against a very, very good Liverpool side it is a good sign. Um, albeit, they also gave up a fair few chances and, um, and and a couple of the goals they gave away could have been avoidable. Look, the worst happened though, didn't it? Because, I mean, they were playing for, what, £4.5 million between eighth and we, we, we thought that Leicester would, would beat Southampton. They did. Brighton came from a goal down to beat West Ham 3-1. 
And Wolves finished 10th in the end. Um, 38 play 38, points 51, uh, goal difference level with Brighton, but Brighton finishing 9th. Liverpool didn't win the title, so the Jota bonus, I guess, for winning the Premier League it has, has to wait as well. So from a from a monetary and a financial point of view, it was the worst possible scenario for Wolves, not just the result, but but everything around it. It's um, it's bizarre, isn't it? And we've talked about this before, Liam, but finishing 10th at the start of the season, I think 80% of fans would have said thank you very much. Bearing in mind the fact that if Bruno can, with the recruitment, they, he can he can work this side in to manoeuvre into 10th with a with a, a summer ahead of him where he can build and, and, and get better in the squad to be able to challenge. But it's almost like Wolves have gone in the go have gone in the wrong direction. Well they have gone in the wrong direction. They've gone they've gone south of two places. But you feel more pessimistic going into this season and, and, and going into next season than than maybe optimistic where if you finish tenth and you can kick on, if you know what I mean, which was kind of the ideal I guess, scenario going into the following year. There's so many question marks surrounding the squad, surrounding Bruno, surrounding the recruitment, surrounding the quality, that um, that there's more questions than answers at this moment in time, I feel. Yeah, I think if you look at the, you know, the, the stone-cold facts, is that Wolves have gone from 13th to 10th, um, I think, for two-thirds of the season have had much have been much improved in terms of their play, not just their, their, their uh, not just their results, but and it is understandable because recency bias is a thing, and it's not a criticism; it's it's a reality that when you have a, th- a final third of the season like Wolves have had, there is going to be pessimism going into into the summer and going into into next season because Wolves fans realise and the club realise, Bruno realises, the player realises that the chances they had, the opportunities they threw away to get into. I mean, we both said on here that it was unlikely they were going to get top four, but the reality is they were very, they were on the verge of at least challenging. And then realistically, they could have, and I'm not just, you know, they could have just easily walked into seventh or sixth. To be honest, they had the opportunities, they had the games in hand. They, they, they the, could have stumbled over into into sixth or yeah, seventh. Right. That's how yeah, that's yeah. how frustrating, I guess, the end of the season is. Um, last seven games, eighteenth in the ta- in the form table, one nought, drawn two, lost five. A goal difference of minus eleven. Uh, only Watford and Norwich were worse, with with just a point from their last seven. Uh, and, and then there was a bit of a big gap, of, like a big big enough gap to to West Ham, who had five points. So, you know, you talk about opportunities that are there, and Manchester United who had seven points in those last seven games. So, it's not as if these these teams broke away. They were bad, and Wolves were worse. Yeah, both United and West Ham um, were stumbling, and and to be honest, it was more telling for West Ham really because you, you know United have not been good at all this season, um, but West Ham have had an excellent season up until probably a similar scenario to Wolves in the final third, and and they just about got enough points. But Wolves had the opportunity there, staring them in the face. They could have waltzed and strolled into seventh certainly, and, and probably sixth to be honest. Um, the opportunity was there, and they, and they lost it, and that's what's gonna cause the pessimism going into the summer and that's why you see all the fans on social media and the, and the, the forums and the blogs everyone's disappointed and upset with how the season's ended because of the opportunity was there but you know you have to look at the season as a whole I think and you'd go back to the summer and what we both felt that this season could be and it's arguably an overachievement for what we predicted I think a lot of fans you said 80% that's probably a, a, you know, a, a pretty fair figure would say I'd have taken slap your hand off the 10th beginning of the season um 
so you have to, you know, I don't think it's really one way or the other. It's it, the, the middle ground here is important. The grey area is important because you, you have to have a bit of both. You have to take the full season into account on those first two very good thirds, as well as understanding the Wolves have thrown away a really good opportunity. Um, so improvements be made, but by no means is it a, a disaster. But at the start um, and, of the and they've season, got a lot of work to do in the summer. At the start of the season, Liam, sorry to cut you off, but if, if, you, th- if you said that Wolves are going to finish 10th, I think most people would say that Bruno Large's stock would be pretty high if yeah, he finished so. tenth. Uh, do you agree? Wolves have finished tenth, so is Bruno Large's stock high? That's, that's, now it's a tough question, isn't it? And mm. uh, and this is where and this pretty much backs up my point. So uh, so so thank you a lot, Morecambe and Wise over here. Welcome. Um, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, it, it, the answer has to be somewhere in the middle because if you're going to be too overly optimistic or too pessimistic I don't think you find the answer the answer is somewhere in the middle that Wolves have thrown away a really good opportunity at the same time have improved now they almost seems like an oxymoron but it's, it's a fact does um, Bruno's is his stock high um, it's higher than it was when he joined Wolves um, probably not as high yeah I think so but not as high as it, as it could be because of the, the final third but you look at what he did up until probably mid-February, um, we were talking about him possibly being manager of the season. Mm-hmm. I think you know, I think that answers it for you. It's higher than it was when he joined Wolves. He was highly thought of and other clubs had looked at him. Um, but there before, were question marks because of the lack of a name, I guess. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly my point. And he's had, what, 18 months at Benfica as a as a, a first-team manager. Other than that, he was you know second-in-command at uh, Swansea, Sheffield Wed. He'd been over in, um, in uh, Dubai, I think it was, wasn't it? Um He'd spent time in the in the Benfica Academy for well, quite a lot of time there. You know, he didn't have a massive CV behind him. Yes, he'd won a title at Benfica, but that's what they expect at Benfica. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's not got a massive CV behind him. He arrives at Wolves with you know a good standing in the game in terms of you know the people that are in it, but the the wider public, the wider football fans didn't know who he was. You know, he he was a man who at the beginning of joining Wolves could probably walk down the street without being recognised. Um, I think his stock is higher now. It's just not as high as it. Could or perhaps should have been. I mean, looking at the looking at the stats just before we came on air, Liam. I mean, if you told me at the start of this season, Wolves' highest goal scorer would be Raúl Jiménez on six Premier League goals, the next highest would be Huang Hee Chan on five, and then third of the Premier League goal scorers this season was Connor Cody on four, and the top assist makers would be Raúl Jiménez on four and Chiquinho. Who's played two games <laughs> on three? He's the second highest assists of the season in the Premier League. I mean, I would say if you told me that at the start of the season, I would say one hundred percent relegation. If you tell me that your top scorers on six and your top assist makers only played only started twice for you, is he started twice or once? Maybe even once, is it? Uh, he's actually only started oh. once. Yeah, started yeah. once. So yeah. one star, and he's your and he's your second top assist maker of this season. You would say that's a relegation side, wouldn't you? I, I can't disagree. I think that is um, that encapsulates Wolves' problems this season. Um, in the first two thirds, as we say, we're, we're, we're very good, but you have to look at the, the, you know, the goal scoring charts and the goals against column. And the reason it was very good is that Wolves were very, very hard to beat and, mm. and made it very difficult for teams to score against them. And that is what made it a good first two thirds. It doesn't diminish the fact that it was a good first two thirds, but you have to be re- realistic here. 
they've not scored goals all season, and, and that is the biggest problem. And Bruno's spoken about it countless times that um, he, he needs signings, to be honest, that are going to score goals. You look at, at Raul and, and his uh, two seasons ago, obviously, before his injury, uh, I think it was 17 Premier League goals, if my memory serves me right. Um, a great return. But other than that, Wolves haven't got a single player in their squad that has got a high goal return in the last two, three seasons or in their career. It's, it's difficult to find goals in this Wolves team. Now, they've built their success, or, or well, if you can call it that, I know some fans won't, but they've built their success off the defence and then as soon as the defence started to fall away with injuries causing problems and players coming in that were unfit in this latter third of the season... Um, inevitably their form has dropped off um, they have to rectify that in the summer. they have to find goals uh, Raul you know, maybe having a season to get back into his stride will help whether he returns next season as the, as the same player as, as the player we knew before is, is a, you know, a massive question mark but they have to supplement that with signings that are going to score goals and it's very easier said than done because goals you know, that's where the big money comes from in transfers is, is scoring goals and that's goals make games it's very difficult to find players who are going to score Premier League goals, and that's their biggest target for me this season. Well, this they summer, to, rather. They have to supplement with signings, but they're going to have to replace as well. I mean, it looks exactly. like John Ruddy's on his way. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Ruben Nevers, I think, with, with the with the quotes that he gave you guys in the mix zone afterwards, you've got to think that that you know that it's only a a tiny tiny hope. That uh, that they don't maybe you know that something happens, but but it looks like Ruben Neves is off. So you've got to replace, and you've got to add. You can't just add you know for for volume. You've got to add for quality as well. I mean, you look at this squad now, and thank goodness there's only three substitutes because if it's five that it is next season, Wolves are only going to get further and further away because they haven't got the quality to come on to make those. I'm not saying you're making five substitutes every single game, but a lot of the bigger clubs or the bigger squads and the lots of you know the the top you know the the, the kind of like top heavy big boys, the top seven, the top eight, the top nine, they'll be able to bring players on and bring fresh players on. Wolves haven't got the numbers to do that, you know. So so they need to add, but they also need to to replace and and the players who are going to be leaving like Neves you're going to have to replace with absolute quality because if you don't and you get, don't and you don't get it right again then you're in you're in big big trouble i mean Huang Hee Chan you know is 14 million pound summer signing on July the 1st but you know apart from apart from you know maybe let's say let's i'm good i've got to give them credit where credit's due Jose Sarr is a fantastic signing you know that that that's a great signing so but Wang's not looking the guy. The guy at this moment in time, there was a horrible moment in that Liverpool game, Liam, where where Raul crossed for Huang. Huang didn't quite read it. You know, might have been a bit overhit, but he then went to run to the. I don't know if you remember the the, the incident. He then ran to the touchline and tried to hook it back, which seemed like a simple hook. Got his slide wrong, and there was um, there was Fabio Silva and Trincao there, and they just looked at each other and started laughing. I mean, that is not a good look. It's not a good look. No. Um, you know, I mean. Trincao, I think you can tell that will not be at Wolves next season. I mean, the fact that he hasn't even been using his last few games, or, or you know, sparingly, says everything about it. Fabio Silva hasn't got a Premier League goal this season, so you can laugh, guys, but you know, you you, you haven't done much talking on the pitch either. But at the same time, it, it's not good. You, you know, you, you add that Huang chance slash slash look on the touchline. Uh, John Ruddy, who's leaving the club, who seems surprised with his Instagram post. Um, that he was being let go after Bruno on Friday, said they want to do everything to keep him. So that seems to be a decision that's gone above Bruno's head. There's a, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of confusion at this moment in time, I would like to say, um, coming out of Wolves. or it's, it's not clear. There's not a clear strategy. And then it's coming back to the fans, and the fans are starting to panic because it doesn't look like it's a, it's a happy camp at this moment in time. And when you lose seven out of your last nine, or whatever they, they lost, then of course it's not going to be. Of course there's a frustration there. And sometimes these get... If you're winning every week, then, then a lot of the irritations kind of just get washed over. So I understand that these come out in the wash when when things aren't going well on the pitch. But at the same time, you go into the summer and there's the the optimism that you might have had in previous campaigns has almost turned into a pessimism at this moment in time with the signals of of Ruddy, of you know, of of these little flare-ups. Daniel Podence liking a tweet saying he could leave, and then and then unliking it as well uh, on on Sunday night. There's a lot of situations that don't seem to 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 look good at this moment in time. Yeah, and it's all come to a head really, hasn't it? In in the last week or so, the last few days really that. Um... Wolves are left almost scratching their heads, you know, where they're going to go because it is going to be a lot of changes. There are going to be a lot of changes. Uh, just to make a very small point, um, Huang's fee is twelve, not fourteen. Okay, 12, I know yeah. quite a few people online get that figure wrong, partly because there was a confusion with euros and pounds at the, at the time of it being announced. But um, so I think I cleared that up before, but just to, just to clear mm-hmm. it up again. Um, yeah, the the really ones a really interesting one. I'm glad you you mentioned it because. Um, I remember speaking to him, I think it was maybe about a month and a half ago, maybe two months, um, and he basically hinted to say, look, I'm, oh, oh, I think I can still play football, I'm 35, I still want to play, I've got something, something to offer. Basically hinted that, he, that he's leaving. Um, it then came round to the Norwich game, where of course he played the last home game this season, um, and he said, you know, it's in the club's hands, and sort of hinted that he would like to stay if he got the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then Bruno was asked about it, and Bruno said, I want to keep him... He's important to, to this team. He's an important figure in the dressing room, which we all know. Of course, he doesn't he doesn't play a hell of a lot, but he's an experienced player, big experienced character in the dressing room, and he wants to keep him. Um, and then, of course, now that he's leaving, it doesn't look good. The, you know, the the miscommunication really from Bruno's side, um, unless of course he meant otherwise. It, it doesn't. It's not a good look. Simple as that. And and you're right when you say that that Rudy seemed surprised and disappointed from his. From his Instagram post, so that decision obviously has been made, and um, clearly he would have been open open to staying. I think um, there's there's been some suggestion that Bruno is unhappy and that the decisions are being made above him. I think we have to revisit really the how the decisions are made at Wolves, uh, which we spoke about before, obviously after my Scott Sellers interview, um, and it's it's a committee style. They, you know, Matt Hobbs, the, the chief scout. Scott, Bruno, they all, you know, have a have a say. Um, obviously, Matt more with signings incoming rather than outgoings, but of course, they, it's a committee that they all work together. Um, this decision has been made as a group, I'm told, with with uh, with Ruddy, but of course, Bruno would, would have been on the side of him staying because he he openly said it. So, um, the manager has not got what he wants in this in this situation. That's the that's the reality. Um, but there is a I suppose a desire from the club now to to move towards what you could probably describe as a bit of a new cycle. So your likes of John Ruddy leaving, Roman Sice is on the verge and, and pretty much guaranteed to go, Marcel is leaving, um, Matinho currently is, is 50-50, uh, Wolves are you know, talking to him and offering him a contract, but 
they're trying to get, I suppose, uh, convince is probably not the right word. I think it comes down to, to the years of contract, but they're trying to keep him. Um, but that's that's to one year with an option, or or maybe a, maybe a one year, and if he if he if he plays a certain amount of games or whatever, then, then yeah. maybe a second year would kick in, but not just a a two year straight contract which yeah. Zhao wants. And you can understand why that you know it's his last contract, and and you know he's obviously you know going to be available to. Um, you know, for for free. So you, you've you've got to you know you've got to understand that he wants big wages and and look with the, the likes of potential Ruben leaving and, and and there's there's no central midfielders left. So have you even got an option? You know, he's in a he's in a pretty good bargaining spot at this moment in time. Because, yeah, because and he's had a very good season as well. He's had a good season. To, to be fair to Zhao, um, and, and uh, yeah, it's um, there's so much there's so much to dig into yeah. um, I mean this just, summer, just finally just to finish off the, the Rudy point really and, mm. and finishing off the, the point about the I suppose the new cycle with as I say Matino's you know, very much 50-50 at this point um, so with all those players you know of course the, the age and experience they've all got three out of the four or potentially four out of the four are set to leave the club yeah. um, it leaves a big hole for them of course to, to fill but I'm told that you know Bruno is very much on board with this new cycle and in terms of you know bringing fresh young players in that are keen to to fight and improve for the club now they've got to find the right balance here of course they can't they can't be bringing in um you know 19 20 year olds no. and and you know they've got no experience as talented as they might be they need you know the, the likes of Ruddy and Sice, who obviously look very, very uh, certain to leave at this point, are two very big characters. You offer a lot to the dressing room, so you have to replace that as well as on-field quality as well. So um, there is that, I suppose, that idea now with the club and with Bruno, who I'm, you know, I've been told are very much on the same page in terms of pushing forward with this sort, sort of new cycle with the club. Um, but they have to get it right and they have to find that right balance. Yeah, I mean. You, know, you talk about those four players leaving, plus eight. You had Neves to that as well, Liam, and uh, potentially, it's, yeah. It's an it's an overhaul. It's an it is an overhaul. Um, it's certainly as big an overhaul we've seen at Wolves for for a while. Massive, isn't it? well, By massive far. since Fosun came in, really. Yeah. Um, it's like you say, it is a new cycle, and you can look at it, and it is exciting, and there's opportunities there. But you you said about signing young. I mean, I would not I would not want to sign young at this moment in time. I don't think this. Yes, one or two or three players, but like you say, you cannot get 18, 19, 20-year-old kids in there. Yosem Muscara came in, you know, we've seen people who are still growing and we're still growing and getting used to the body and you saw the injuries that happened there. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you need some tried and tested in there. You need people who can who can mix it, who you know at this level, who are, who are seasoned pros, not just in European football, but some Premier League experience as well for me, Liam, because this is lacking in in, in real leadership now. And if you talk about going to a back four and you talk, people talk about Connor Cody and Connor Cody can't play in a back four and Connor Cody this and Connor Cody, you know, Connor Cody is still in the England squad. He's still, you know, probably going to Qatar. He's probably going to play at Molyneux, um, you know, against Italy or Hungary. You, you take Connor Cody out this side and there's no leaders. There's zero leaders. In fact, there's a lot, there's a lot of petulant kids, to be honest. There's a lot, there's a lot of frustrated little kids or adults who should know better, who are showing bad signs on the pitch and bad signs off the pitch. And you can't have that. And John Ruddy said it very well in his Instagram. He says the reason why Wolves got success is because of the culture they started, because of the culture, the winning culture, the mentality, but also and how the characters who were in that dressing room. Now, if you take characters out of that dressing room, professional characters, or out of that team, 
you've seen you've seen the start of some of the stuff just in the Liverpool game that I've just mentioned you've got to be very careful of getting you've got to get the ability in there of course you do but you've got to get the right characters in you've got to get the right mentality in yeah exactly as I say with with Sice and, and Ruddy they're two you know big leaders that are, are likely to leave I say likely because of course Sice is up in the air but it, it looks very likely um, and you're right I think if, if Neves does go Cody's probably the only natural leader left in that squad and they've got a big gap to fill because you know you can go through the rest of the the squad and the ages and of course as you say there's a lot of young kids there but some of the even slightly older players you like sort of maybe Kilman or or Totti Gomez is you know a year or two older than some of the other mm-hmm. ones um he's only just come back in or come rather you know in, in, in the first instance into the squad since January Max Kilman is a player who's had a very good season up until his injury but is a is a is a personality who's quite quiet and fairly shy um, so they are going to need some of these big characters mm. in place they, they, it has to happen it's not just and, and Bruno talks about this to his credit he does talk about this a lot he talks about the right player the right man and with the right personality at the right price now there's a lot of rights you've got to get right there isn't there there's, there's a trifecta of rights but um, and that's going to cost you money Liam yeah it, of if course you're going to complete the trifecta if you want to get the one two three tick 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 it's going to cost you money. So where does that that where where does that leave all the sell to buy? So so yeah, okay, you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to buy three or four or five players here. Chiquinho again, you talk, you know you've done the story today that that he might go on loan next season. You've got Adama Traore going back, who's going to get sold. So there's so many moving parts here, um, and I think that's what's worrying a lot of fans at this moment in time. Yeah, I, I, you know it's, it's a massive job. It really is. Mm. You, you know you can't Huge. you can't dress up any other way because you, as you say, and you need not... it to do it now. You need to do it in this next month. You don't want to be as as transfers go on. You, you understand that it's going to happen, but you want to have three, four, five, six players in before you start pre-season. You don't want to be waiting till deadline day, two days before deadline day, three or four games into a season to get these players before they become acclimatized and used to things. Yeah, they they have to be quicker certainly than they were last summer. I know they didn't bring in many, did they last summer? But um, yeah, Huang was obviously quite late, and um, they have to be quicker because they, it's not just acclimatised to to the league, but it's in terms of what Bruno wants them to do and and what he wants to create the squad and and the vision he's got for for pre season. Because he can go into, for example, last summer he can go into the, the, that crew game, the first pre season game, um, and you've got or B he did very well. You've got a player like Taylor Perry who ends up going on loan to League One, starting and playing very well because a lot of players were coming back from Euros, etc., etc. They hadn't made many signings. Now, of course, there's always going to be some games that are like that, but you want to get the bulk of that squad there, playing, training every day together, feeding off each other, becoming friends because there'll be a lot of new faces, of course, as well. Um, so it's a, it's a real big job, not only to mix footballing styles, but to mix you know, ethics, personalities, you know the, the kind of characters these people are, uh, and in terms of what Wolves can do as well. I mean, we, yeah, I'm probably going to be you know, repeating something that I've said a million times, and I think people have heard a million times. But just to sort of clear it where Wolves are and where Foson are in terms of the, um, you know, how they do business. I mean, we we all know that they spent a good amount of money to get Wolves into the Premier League and, and make Wolves uh, sustainable uh, and a solid Premier League team. And now it's and now it's about being self sufficient. I mean, Foson are a investment company at the end of the day they want to build a a brand and a group under the Fosun sports umbrella uh, umbrella rather that is going to be strong durable and uh, you know a, a, you know a profitable as well as successful business um and 
that takes time. They've got other ventures that they're working in, and it's all about net transfer, really, or net spend this summer, because the net spend is not going to be 150, 200 million, as we've said a million times on here before. Um, if Ruben Neves goes, for example, for 60, 70 off the top of my head, then you know they'll have more to spend there. And they really take the signings on a on a case by case basis. Like if they get the right deal, the right player, the right personality, that everyone's happy with it. It costs twenty five, thirty million. The money's there for them to spend it on, on one player. But it's not a you know there's not a transfer kitty sat there where they've got right we've got hundred million to spend. You know it's not a set figure, um, and it's a really difficult thing for fans to get their heads around because the the idea or the uh, yeah the ideas really in football and and the age old ideas of you know you've got this budget to spend go out and spend it as you wish. You know, this isn't Warsaw in League Two where they have, you know, they, they've got to spend a certain amount on wages, contracts, signing on fees, transfer fees, and they can only spend that much. Wolves, of course, obviously, they're not going to go overboard, but they, they can spend what they can spend. And, you know, they, they will take on a case-by-case basis. And it's really difficult for people to get their heads around that. But it's the way that they work, and it's going to be a self-sufficient model. So... They're going to have to spend more because they're losing players, but the funds will be there because, of course, wages and other players that, that have moved on. Um, so I talked and, and touched on on getting the players in for pre-season. That pre-season, as been reported, is not going to happen in the United States. Have we got any more updates on, on where that may be? We looked at um, uh, the potential of looking at European destinations. So so what's the, um, what's the latest on that? Because, I mean, look, there's quite a few fans who were... Disappointed because they were looking to go to America, and I'm sure there'll be quite a few who'll be following Wolves um, in Europe as and when they announce the, the the kind of fixtures and the plan that they've got. But obviously, people want to get on their holidays; they want to book flights, etc. And um, and so, what's the uh, what's the latest regarding um, Bruno's plans? Well, first of all, we're gutted, aren't we? <laughs> we're not going oh, what to a the shame, US. eh? I was going to. Sh- I had so many places to show you, Liam. Whatever. I had a lot of fingers in pies across. Um, Sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, be careful there, will you? Um, across, across America. So, um, yeah, I was looking forward to taking you guys and some of the Wolves uh, staff, etc., to, to maybe a few a few different uh, sporting games, get some tickets, etc. But hey-ho, maybe next year. But look, it's going to be, you know, Europe, for some great European trips. Um, I really hope we're not going back to Switzerland because I don't think I'm allowed to drive a car there anymore. <laughs> uh, I think I'm not allowed into the country. Um, so don't tell me that's happening. But um, apart from that, what, is there any? Uh, I mean, it's not the, too far off. What's the, uh, what's the latest? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, yeah. First of all, we are, you know, very gutted that we're not going to the US. But you know, we all we'll make the best of it, and yeah. uh, and hopefully they'll go they'll go back at some point. But either way, still hopefully it'll be a great trip. And yes, as we know now with the Ohio Cup falling through, Wolves were then plugging ahead with it, trying to find friendlies, managed to get. A, Two set up and we're able who needs to... the Ohio Cup when you when you've won the Urin Cup? That's what I right, say. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, in the end, it's, they've had to pull the plug in it, unfortunately. But they're now looking at Europe, as you say, um, and I'm hearing that as of today, uh, the the most likely destinations um, are going to be either Germany or, or Austria. Germany or Austria? Yes. So a return to Austria for you potentially? Uh, yes. Because of course you went there. Was it 2018? Was it? Oh God, I can't, I can't remember half of the trip to be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was me and Spears turning up at a grotty, um, uh, grotty's harsh, a poor training facility that I think was done very slapdash um, in front of a very angry man um, who apparently, well, he he he, he was um, 
he was named as Nuno Espirito Santo at a later date, um, <laughs> looking at looking at me and uh, Spears, going, "What the what the hell are these two doing? Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to organise a brand new side here. Um, who are the, who are these two idiots, and why are they allowed on my training pitch? So um, I don't, you know things got a little bit better after that, but um, yeah, interesting times, interesting times. So so yes, Germany, so, Austria, Germany, Austria. Like the- I mean, I um, I suspect you know this will get sorted rather swiftly you know they've been working around the clock to get they're this done have because, to, yeah. because they're, they're, yeah exactly they've got they've got no choice you know they've we're going to be talking probably early early to mid-july um yeah. the season starts a week earlier than than usual on the 6th of august last summer of course it started the 14th of august and the first pre-season game was around the 17th of july i think it was 16th possibly so uh we're looking at probably 10th 11th 12th uh, of July probably for at least a friendly over here. But if they don't, if before going over, um, depends on how they put the schedule together. But um, yeah, they're going to have to work very quickly on it, and uh, and hopefully, I mean, I suspect within a week or two, we'll probably have the majority of the information because uh, yeah, they they need to get it set in stone for their own reasons, but also as you as you rightly say, for fans to get flights, host hotels, and uh, and all that booked because you imagine there'll be you know a healthy number wanting to go over there who will hopefully buy. Me and you, plenty of beverages. Uh, yes, very much. <laughs> very, very I'm joking, by the way. I'm joking. Are you? Well, uh, half joking because I don't want to come across like a right scrounging so and so. But at the same time, you if, you're gonna, if you're going to be nice and come over to me and have a chat, then I'll take whatever. I'll take whatever's coming. What you're trying to say is, I'll give any kind of fan five minutes of my time in exchange for a, <laughs> for a, lar- a large craft beer. Is what you're saying? I tell you what, mate. I give a lot more than five minutes of my time. You, you're the kind of guy who's cap down, hood up. Don't look at me. You're not worthy of my time, kind of guy. I'm there chatting away. I'm, you know, I'm buying samosas for the samosas Saturday. You know, I'm, you know, I'm just, just a friendly, approachable bloke. I think I've said this before when I was on a European trip with Edwards. We were sat in the airport and at the gate, and um, obviously we were sharing with quite a lot of Wolves fans because we were getting to from one destination to another or going to a game. And uh, and yeah, I got a tweet when I got on the plane just saying, Judah's a miserable twat, not as fun as he makes out to be on the podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, bloody hell, like, I'm just so... And they're right I don't want well. me to stand on a chair and start doing a comedy act, you know what I mean, for Netflix. I'm like, I'm just sat there. I'm just sat there waiting for a play like everybody else. Oh my God. Anyway, but... Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to Google Hertz Austria to see how many parking tickets I got there or speeding yeah. tickets. I think I only got a couple. We definitely got a flat tire at one point, um, and we also lost. Oh yeah, I think from people who will remember back in the day, I, I definitely we definitely can't use a manual gearbox because I did roll down a hill at one point where <laughs> I had to be banned from driving the car because uh, I need I need to drive an automatic. I can't remember how to use. I, I can I can use a stick fine, a, a gear. Can you call it a stick shift? Is that, is that what you call it here? Is that an American term? A stick? Uh, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't use it, but I've heard it. A gearbox. So I can use a gearbox on the right-hand side of the road, or the, the left-hand side, but the proper side of the road. But as soon as it was going and it was on the other side, oh, I had a nightmare. So automatic all the way. Well, you also lost light, I think, there um, in, in the apartment. I had, a, had a, some kind of a, a power cup, which wasn't great, showing a, showing a corridor with spears, and he was coming out in his wife beater. And tighty whities <laughs> on it. Two in the morning, mate. It wasn't a good situation. But uh, yes, I think I've only had a couple of speeding tickets in Austria, so we should well, be okay. Few, because I don't want to be driving. Um, no. <laughs> it's uh, well, I mean, I've only I've never been to Austria, and I've um, only been to Germany once. I went to Berlin in 2019. So um, I, yeah, I mean, look, I I wouldn't complain all the way, but I'm very happy to be going. Hopefully, somewhere new. 
Um, and uh, yeah, to go watch a bit of football, it should be good. Although I was actually planning Vienna, at like a little interrailing trip in November. So I might end up getting a little sort of. Uh, you love a Vienna a sausage. Trip. I, I I could not confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, I tell you what. Let's let's let's. Um, what, how long are we on into this podcast? Let's look. Forty minutes. Okay. Um, there's a lot of questions that need to be asked. I mean, we've got over seventy questions here. So, do we tackle a few now? Do you want to race through a few now, and then we'll, we'll then we'll come up and we'll 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 talk a little bit about the squad. Then we'll finish with some questions. How's that? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Because there's so many, so many. It's got my whole coming into me. So many. Uh, right. Here we go. Eighty questions. Goodness me. Okay, Linda's Lama says, Bruno imploded after one season with Benfica and Wolves' performances have dramatically tailed off towards the back end of this season. Does Bruno possess the requisite qualities to take us forward next season? Uh, I think he's certainly shown enough that he, he deserves the opportunity for next season, definitely. Um, he needs an opportunity to bring his own players in um, and create the kind of forward-thinking squad that he wants to play because, of course, this is a squad that has played very different football for a number of years under Nuno. So uh, he's definitely earned that opportunity. Are you asking me, is he going to be a long-term Wolves manager that's going to be here five, six, seven years? That's that's a really difficult one to answer. I'm not so sure. So, uh, But next season, I think so. Um, I think there's enough there to, to warrant giving him the tools to, to do the job and giving him the, the opportunity. Um, okay, here we go. Reposting last week, per your request, says nothing but Neto. All negativity... All negativity aside, what was your favourite moment from this season or moments? Oh, favourite moment from the season. I mean, the the comeback at Villa in October has got to be up there. Um, to be honest, the comeback at Chelsea recently felt like a big moment, um, albeit it didn't turn out to be <laughs> uh, for, the, for the, uh, the grand scale of the season. But it, it, that, that was a, just a great moment. And in, in fact, on that one, I... I'm, I'm quite sort of, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the podcast or not, but I'm quite sort of objective. I don't go, you know, I, I mean, you can't really in a press box, but I don't go overly mad with, with goals or anything like that. There might be a little sort of yes or something like that, and then I'm typing. Um, but with that one, <laughs> I was, you'd gone by that point to go get the fans outside. The Connor Cody heads it in, and I'm like virtually off my seat, <laughs> go, Love it. Go, giving it a bit. And I've got Spears sat next to me, and some old guy who's on broadcast somewhere sat next to me. And they're just looking at me like, "What on earth are you doing?" <laughs> I gave it a bit. Of, yeah, I was. Yeah, it was. It was good. It, I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, albeit it didn't turn out to be massively important for the season. Um, those two spring to mind. But I think also, um, I have to say, and I'm given quite a few moments here, but I have to say probably Spurs away win and United away win as well. Mm. Um, just for what they meant, you know, at the time as well as the performances, um, and then just the scenes when that Matinho goal went in at Old Trafford was was brilliant. Yeah, I would say I would say United was up there for me definitely because because I, I felt like it was a pivotal point I think going there and the the way that they were playing okay well can can they do it against you know in inverted commas a really good side um, you know Ronaldo going into that 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 ground and and, and playing magnificently really and thoroughly deserving uh, that win you thought that something was was potentially special brewing there it hasn't hasn't worked out that way but uh, yeah that was a really a really good night, and I think everybody thoroughly enjoyed that game. And just speaking to the fans afterwards, coming out, it was a, uh, it was great, great moment. Uh, maybe, maybe not quite a favourite moment, but just a bizarre moment of the season. Brentford away, drone, drone stop play. Oh, 
I mean, just, yeah, just insane. Just like a surreal situation to be in. Um, I don't know, like a half an hour, 40 minutes, I think, in the end. You know, and the players went off and there's a drone and then there's a, then there's a, then it finally got shot down and there's a massive helicopter chopper, big daddy shot one down. in the sky. <laughs> sky, like, just like there for the rest of the game, just making sure that there were no other interferences. It was a... In a, in a new stadium that looks like a looks like something from Sabutio. It was just a, just a weird, funny, quirky game that I don't think anyone thought of during the day. Yeah, I, I, there was other things as well. There was a, a big clash of heads, wasn't there? Two subs for Brentford, I think. There was there was loads of stoppages and yeah, yeah and they won, a, didn't they? And they won, and they, and they won. won. Yes, yes, they did. I think it, I think end of the first half. I think it was nineteen minutes of added time. If my oh, memory my serves me right, it's got to be it, up there. It was very odd. Yeah, bizarre game. So it's, like, it's kind of a, kind of a favourite moment because it just sticks in the memory. I think some 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 games that stick in the memory. I think sometimes That's good you know, it's, it's great. So yeah, bit, bit bit of a weird one. But here we go. Uh, John Wilkes says, if Wolves were to play a four at the back, would you move Cody back into midfield, especially with Neves leaving? I assume we only play five at the back to fit him into the team. I've got to be careful at how strong I go here. But what on earth is people's obsessions with putting Sice and Cody back in midfield? It's crazy, mate. It's, isn't it? it's bonkers. I don't mean. To, uh, sorry, did you say it was John? Is that the name? Big John, he says. Yeah, Big John. I don't mean to disrespect you, Big John. Uh, Big I don't. John would I don't. <laughs> look, I'm not. I'm not taking you know the uh, the piss out of you personally, but I don't. I don't understand people's obsession with it. Cody was playing right back. I know he played. He was signed in midfield, but he was playing right back before Nuno turned him into a in, into a centre half. He hasn't played there for what. Four five years. Mm. Um, I think he was originally a centre half in his Liverpool youth days. Anyway, before he became a midfielder. Um, yeah, I don't. I just. I just don't get it. The answer is no. Uh, look, if I'm wrong and next season he, he turns into you know a well beaten CDM, I will happily, you know, <laughs> hold my hands up. But I just you just can't see it. You know, he's he's turned into he's become a, such a good Premier League player and an England international because of. The position, the very niche position that he plays now, um, and I don't see that that changing um, whether he plays next season or not. Musings from Molyneux. Uh, while all the talk of our poor attacking performance lies mostly at the feet of our forwards, should we be asking more questions of our wing backs? Some total of four goals in all competitions from Ryan Nori, Marcel Semedo, Johnny Hoover, etc. I think it's an excellent point, an excellent point because. Remember, remember Semedo from earlier in the season. I mean, don't get me wrong; I think he's had a you know a very good season uh, up until his, his couple of injuries. But um, early parts of the season, he I remember he had two one on ones at Watford. He had one in about fifty seconds, I think it was, in either that game or the Southampton game, all in games nearby or close together rather. That he should have you know he should have been on five or six goals by by the new year easily. Um, Johnny's come in and scored a couple. Aynori's got one. Uh, should have, and obviously that was only recently. Should have, you know, he should have had opportunities as well. Marcel's not really that kind of, or Hover, not really that kind of goal scoring wing back. But you'd expect more certainly. Um, and, and I think when you're looking at, they're trying to plug the gap of losing Matt Doherty and the goals that he offered. Um, I think Semedo's done a good job of filling in for him or replacing him rather this this season up until his injuries. But we haven't replaced the goals. Um, and I think the if you're going to play this system in this formation, the wing backs have to be probably you know definitely more advanced at the field at times uh, in comparison to times earlier or later this season rather. But 
they have to score more goals and have to get more opportunities on goal rather than occasionally what he's almost walk, trying to walk it into the net because Wolves have got in some good positions in and around the box and haven't taken shots. And I think that is sometimes you, you, you're going to shoot, you'll get a lucky deflection, you'll get something that will come off and you'll score more goals. I think Wolves have got to take a few more chances. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry, caught me unawares there. Um, here we go. Andrew Hadfield, what's Foson's main motivation with Wolves? Marketing or football? And thank you both for great pod and reporting. Oh, thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, very similar to the sort of answer I've given already in terms of, I suppose, what they're trying to do and and, and around the money. Um, but the answer is, you know, of course the answer is football, but the, the other part of it, and the marketing commercial side of it is is also a big part and it's not something that they ignore. They To be to create this self-sufficient model that they, that they want and to create this global brand, Fosun Sports, that Wolves is very much uh, head and shoulders of, um, it has to include all these other ventures and all these other marketing ploys, if you will. Um, the problem is, and understandably, don't get me wrong, that fans are only interested in the football side of things. Um, Football, unfortunately, in, in the modern world, um, and for a lot of people, and probably me included, is not the way that many people want it, but football is a business. Um, and I mean, you can look at the Kylian Mbappe deal at PSG, for example, and uh, and realise the type of money we're talking about these days. And um, and Wolves and, and Fosun are, you know, are creating this, this model, this business, this umbrella of, of Fosun Sports. Um, and the marketing side of it is a massive part of it. Um, and, you know, esports, fashion, music, um, and, and it's not gonna it's not gonna stop. They're gonna use it to, to keep growing what they want to grow, and it, and it will take time. You, you get, you, I think you get quite a few of the fans who understand that situation. Yeah, and understand that Wolves need to develop the brand, and I kind of understand that. And I think a lot of successful clubs do that. There's a lot of other fans who are like, "What? How is that benefiting Wolves on the pitch?" Now it will do, but it will take time, won't it? It's not gonna. It's not going to, you know, I guess if Wolves' record label generates £25 million next season, it goes £20 million if it goes to transfer kids, people will be like, oh, yeah, that's that's great. That's that, that, that that's what is working. But it's never going to happen. That, that's not the way it's doing. But it needs to it needs to work as a brand. And it needs to it needs to you need to bring more money. You need to bring more sources in, in and around the world, don't you, for, for, for a business to operate. And that's how Fosun do things. And, you know... They've always done that. This isn't something that they've changed philosophy over the last two or three years. Just because you know things have you know they're, because they're not in Europe now, or you know they're not finishing seventh in the Premier League, so to speak, or not winning the majority of the games. You know, then then it doesn't mean to say that the that's changed. It's always been the case, hasn't it? It's just yeah, when it gets questioned a little bit more because obviously Wolves are on, have been on a poor run. Yeah, exactly. And when you've got a summer like Wolves had last summer, where they brought in Huang on a, a loan, which of course they made permanent. They brought in Trin Cao on a loan. They made a couple of small signings like Mosquera. They brought in Josie Sar, which of course is a massive plus, but it, it wasn't a big transfer fee. Uh, brought in Chiquinho in January for three million with one point two five add-ons potentially. So we're talking four point one, four point two five, or four. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. Um, Not a strong point in maths, was it? Like no, I've, I've never been good at maths. Um, you know, as a max for him, it's not a massive net spend. It's not a massive outlay, and not a lot of sort of first team ready signings. So when you look at that, it's difficult to explain to fans or convince them even that of what folks are trying to do. But you're right; it unfortunately takes it takes time, um, and you're going to see more spent this summer because they 
got no choice uh, because they're going to lose players and and they need to make additions and, and add quality to, to the to the squad. But then you're right. Once it starts to to generate the kind of money that is going to help the team, I think people will be much more on board with it. Um, OJ Bailey, which players are likely to go out on loan next season, bearing in mind the new rules coming in? I guess that means he five substitutes, he's saying. And what are the plans for expansion at Molyneux? Will we see any in the next decade? Love the boys, keep up the good work. Love the I mean, pod, says, not love the boys, love the pod boys. Um, <laughs> just on the on the Molyneux bit, first of yeah. all, it's, um, it's, I mean, it's just so difficult to say because it's very much on the backbone at the moment. Um, I don't know, people will have seen the thing that the council put out last week, um, which was sort of a basically a plea for investment and saying this is what we want to do with Wolverhampton they've got three or four different sort of schemes across the city one of them being a Molyneux quarter where they sort of drew up some uh, artist impressions of the Stan Cullis car park vanishing and there and they've got a sort of a marquee thing up but none, none of it showed Molyneux being redeveloped in these artist impressions it was just Molyneux being spoken about as the sort of you know head of this Molyneux quarter, the, the sort of the leading figure in, in, in redevelopment. Um, but that, I mean, as I understand it, that was that, that caught the, the club by surprise as much as it did anyone else. And, and it's not something that has got any money behind it, has got any sort of start date, has got any even plans drawn up. So there's nothing there concrete at all. And, and when there is, or if there is at any point, you know, I'll be the first reported, but it's at the point, at this point, moment in time there's nothing um so it's very difficult to say with with Molyneux and then you've got the that age-old debate of you know can you get enough ticket revenue in to improve the team at the 32,000 Molyneux at now or do you and then do you use that money to you know to for not spending on Molyneux to improve the team or do you go for Molyneux now in, in the long run earn more, more money from ticket revenue but then you know the team probably doesn't get as many improvements over the next few years as it probably needs so it's a real difficult balance to find um and at the moment it's very difficult to say either way where walls are going to go with it um and then the other part of the question i'll have to remind me and <laughs> uh, the players like to go out on loan yeah so uh, yeah. look kundal yeah you, so you thought he's bueno yeah story that's out today from uh talking about obviously chiquino and a few of the other players he, he basically bruno was looked at a lot of the young players, and he has to sort of make a decision as to where their growth is going to come more. Is it going to come from staying with the squad and probably not playing as much as they want to, but getting the the occasional opportunity or going out on loan? So you're talking of, as you say, Kundal. Um, I think Bueno's probably a player that's in there because he's been in Wolves squads but not played for the first team yet um, and has done very well. Uh, I think he, you know, he looks a very good talent for the 23s. Chiquinho? Chiquinho is a, is a massive one. So it really and, and, could, he, and, could he stay though? Is it, is it undecided? Oh, certainly. Yeah, no, no, he certainly could. It, it, it's really the two different pathways. It's a Morgan Gibbs White pathway where you go and you play, and your stock, your value, everything increases, and hopefully you come back and play the following season, which is what Wolves, of course, are hoping will happen with Morgan. Or you take the Max Kilman route where you stay with the club, you earn your stripes, eventually you get the opportunity. When you do get the opportunity, you take it and you turn into what is. What has become, I think, a very fine Premier League player in Max Kilman. So, oh. um, I'll give got... you one. I'll give you one to go on loan potentially. Go on, Fabio Silva. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to mention old mm. Fabio. It's. I think someone asked about that as well. Um, it's a real difficult one because they they of course, you know, briefly considered it in early January. Um, he had some very good sort of. 
I don't know if cameos is a bit harsh, but he had some very good uh, short spells and short performances around that time, and and he stayed with the club. He's not scored a Premier League goal, or not scored a goal rather, this season. Um, he needs he needs to do more. They need to get more out of him, and he's shown very good glimpses, but glimpses is 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 not enough at this point. I don't think um, next season's a big one for him. You've got the issue of you send him out on loan, and it goes one of two ways. He does really well, comes back to Wolves, is on fire, confidence high, starts bagging goals. He goes out on loan somewhere, whether it's abroad or it's in the Championship. I'd be surprised if he actually stayed in this country, to be honest. I think he'd probably go abroad. But either way, wherever he does go, if he does go on loan, and you know he doesn't score in 25 appearances, he gets one or two in 22, 23 appearances, and he's no better a player no better confidence no better nothing really that he'd learn and he comes back you know a shadow of what he is as it is so it, it's a real difficult one to to weigh up because tra- every transfer is a risk and loans are, are, are equally similar because if he comes if he goes away and does what morgan's done morgan gibbs white he'll come back and probably play at wolves um but equally they might not they might not send him away and the five sub rule actually if i can add the five sub rule will probably help him and it, it would have happened this year and, he, and he'd have played more but again, they also might. Well, I say they also might. They are wanting to sign another striker as well. So if they're going to play one up front and they bring another striker in, he then becomes probably third in the pecking order. And even with five subs, does he get off the bench as much as he wants to? Probably not. Right, another one. We're going to have to, going to, have to rattle through it, I think. Um, but let, let's let's go through it. Um, I'm going to change it a little bit. He put he, Reggie says, uh, name your starting 11. He says, thanks for the pod. Really appreciate the hard work both of you put in. And everybody else behind the scenes, thank you very much. Uh, there's only me and you behind the scenes, to be honest. So maybe he means us and us again. Um, name your starting 11 for the first match of 2022-2023. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a na- some, some names, Liam, and you say whether they're going to start... Can you see them starting in the first lineup of next season? First Premier League lineup next season okay. at home to Leeds United. It is home to Leeds United. No, it'll probably um, be against Leicester. So as well, always. Yeah, seen, yeah, it? probably, probably <laughs> away at Leicester. Yeah, but I'm going to say it's home against Leeds because I've seen the fixture list. I haven't really, but I'm just saying home against Leeds. We've got to right the wrongs of that uh, of, of that debacle, three-two debacle away um, or home that uh, that happened. Uh, right, okay. Get, I'm going to give you some names. You're going to say yes or no. Uh, Jose, I'm going to say the names I think are going to be in there. Jose Sar. Yes. I'm going to say Johnny on the left. Yes. I'm going to say Nelson Semedo on the right. Yes. I'm going to say Maximilian Kilman at centre back. Yes. I'm going to say Connor Cody at centre back. Yes, is exactly what I'm exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Now it's whether it's whether I name a third centre back is the question. Um, or you go into the midfield. I don't know. I don't know. Um, James Tarkovsky, is he at centre-back? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> um, Ruben Neves, is he at, is he at centre-back? He's not, definitely not a centre-back. He's not a centre-back. No. Is he at centre-midfield? Uh, no. No. I've changed my tune from last week. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be, Liam. I'm sorry. Um Jean Moutinho, does he start the first game of next season? Yes. Okay. Francisco Trincao, does he start the the, uh, the first game of next season? No. Leander Dendonka? No. Okay. Pedro Neto? Yes. Daniel Pedence? No. 
Interesting. Him and him and Leander probably on the bench. On the bench, okay. Tell you what, if Daniel Prudence on the bench to start next season, then fight Mr. Feisty will get even feistier on a, on the old so, old socials. Raul Jimenez. Yes. Okay, so you've named there. So you're saying that Wolves are going to play four. I, I assume in that then. Yeah. So you so. You've said that no. Basically, you're saying that any centre back that signed will not start next season if they sign one in that, and you've got room there for four, five, six, seven, eight, three new players to start next season. Yeah, it's there was a couple I was close. I was very close to saying no with Cody, but it's a yeah, it's a tough one. That I mean, that makes more sense to me that you would have th- maybe three. New signings starting yeah, next that's season. Similar... I think that's a decent. I mean, I'm not saying three new signings. Period. You know. Yeah. I think starting three new signings. You know, healthy. on 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 day one, game week one. I, I think is, is realistic. Uh, yeah, totally agree. I think that's healthy because. He's... Sorry, Huang Hee Chan. <laughs> no, bench. Okay. okay. No, I'm afraid. Sorry. By Huang. the way, I, I, I'm digressing slightly. I would I wouldn't mind to see Roman Sace not in the starting lineup, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing him sign a new contract. Now, I wouldn't break the bank for him, but if he's happy ish to sign a contract and he understands the situation of like for me, you've got five substitutes in the game next season. I would have Roman Sace on my bench every single day of the week. I think he's very useful. Playing some of the cup games, you know, if he needs to slot in with an injury or whatever, then then he can do I wouldn't have him anywhere near. My, not anywhere near. That's harsh. I wouldn't have him in my starting lineup. But I would not have an issue. I'd be quite happy to have Roman Sice in my squad going into next season. I totally agree. I totally okay. agree. I think um, there's yeah. I think he'd be a good option. I really do. But I, I of course experienced head as well. But yeah, it, it's looking very unlikely. I think a lot of you know a lot of European clubs are are looking at him. Mm. And um, of course, Wolves have offered him a deal, but it doesn't look likely. I would have Totti Gomez on the bench as well, by the way. Um, I, I think I, he's done enough okay. to, for him to stay here, definitely, 100%. And a very year. quick note on him, I, th- I thought he was excellent against Liverpool. Very um, good. Yeah, so one of the one of the best players on the pitch from in a Wolves shirt, certainly. If for some um, reason he's not playing, uh, which, he, which he might not be, let's be honest, but, he, but you know, he, I think he's the type of guy who's quite happy to be playing 23s football. And, of course, the, the 23 has gone into, into the Premier League, the top Premier League now, so that... Level of quality has taken a step up, so you know the likes of maybe Fabio Silva, Totti Gomez, these these players, if they do need a game or two, will will go into a better level, albeit you know nothing like Premier League level, of course, but it's an easier transition for them, a slightly easier inverted commas transition for them, if they do need to get some midweek games, and if it comes to January and Totti Gomez isn't playing, then I think you can put him out on loan, um, and you but you can you know you, you can go into a Championship side very very quickly a top-level championship side and play now rather than grasshoppers. No disrespect for get to, to grasshoppers, but you want him playing championship football so you can have that, you know, week-in, week-out playing. And I think he's earned that now. So, you know, a great option to have and, and, and a huge bonus, I think, for Wolves. They, they, I'm sure they didn't see Totti Gomez being where he was and what he did, you know, at the end of this season or halfway through this season to come in and, and do the job that he's done. So, so fair play to him. And that, that's an interesting one to keep an eye on, I think, for next season. Yeah, it's um, I, I, yeah, I've really liked him every time I've every time I've seen him play. To be honest, I think the only game probably Brentford that actually Brentford the way that one we were talking about, um, he was probably a little bit shaky, but otherwise very impressed. And I would keep him as as you say, with a an option to send him out on loan, depending on you know how they're looking probably part way through the season. 
Yeah. Last few questions then. Are we looking to bolster our backroom staff? Don't think we replaced our Rimple and Thelwell. Sellers seems out of his depth. With the under-23s promotion, it will be nice to see investment in our development squad. Relay that question to me one more time. Are we looking to bolster our backroom staff? Don't think we replaced our Rimple and Thelwell. Sellers seems to be out of his depth. Mm. With the under-23s promotion, it will be nice to see investment in our development squad what I say with Scott Sellers is that he does, he does deal with the 23s a lot and, and academies yeah, I think that's, that's kind of where his expertise are but at the same time you know he, he does he, he does get pelters on social media um, I don't think Scott Sellers gives, gives a crap to be honest um, with, yeah. with some of the pelters he gets you know I think you just going into the role that there is going to be a little bit of, of um, you know heat on, on, on people and, and on the hierarchy and he seems to be getting the majority of it whether that's warranted or not you know time, time will tell but um, like you said, Liam, it is, it is a collective agreement of, of getting players in, and that, and that includes George Mendes, by the way, uh, who will still have a big part to play this summer um, in, in transfers. Thelwell, she, large it is is a is a group of players making these uh, players uh, of management making these decisions. Um, can you see can you see them bolstering it? I mean, Ask Wolves is out as well, isn't it? That should be out pretty soon as well, which maybe will give some some answers to some, to some questions. Yeah, the, the Ask Wolves EE, I believe it's going to be next week. Um, but of course, it was filmed, uh, I think, end of April, off the top of my head. So um, obviously, you know, bear that in mind. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they've got a, a pretty set structure, you know, with the, the sort of the team of general managers, which. Uh, Scott as a technical director sort of slots into and then of course uh, Jeff um, as the executive chairman um, so I'd, you know, I'd be very surprised if there's any changes there um, I think as you say you know, I don't think Scott pays much attention to, to social media noise and um, I th- probably understands that he's, it's going to happen unfortunately um, I don't understand some I mean I, you know you can question decisions and, and, and you can have your say as a fan. I think there's some things that get a little bit personal and this isn't just with Scott, I think this is across the board and probably some things towards us occasionally or towards anyone reading on social media that, you know, if someone doesn't agree with something, all, all of a sudden it becomes a very personal insult, which I just do find very odd as a, this isn't really a football point, this is more of just a social media culture point, that it's just a very bizarre way of, of putting your thoughts across. So um, I don't really understand why why Scott gets some of the things he does, but you know, a lot of people in, in his position do, unfortunately. It's just the way of the world. Stu Jazz, with David Attenborough still presenting nature programmes at the age of 96, and since you are already deep into your 40s, wow. Deep, deep into your 40s. Deep. Deep. Deep at 41. How long do you think you will be covering Wolves for? Goodness me. Well, um, I'm supposed to cover all the, all the clubs, and I do cover all the clubs equally. <laughs> Come, on. Don't. Come on. Come uh, on. Right, um, look, as long as, as long as Keels, Stu, still, sell, still uh, are selling. Um, moisturizer toner for day, um, the cloud cream for night, um, the the eye mask, the face mask, um, the the anti wrinkle aids that I use. Then then I will I'll, I'll keep on going, baby. I'll keep on going. I'll keep on irritating. I've seen off Nash. I've seen off <laughs> Spears. I've seen off Swarbrick. I've seen off Edwards. I've seen off Keen. And bring them all on. Bring them no all chance. on. No chance. <laughs> on the mat, I'll see what, you off. Side to the death. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dear. Um, right. I mean, there's, there's quite a few of the similar questions. And I think we, hopefully we, we've covered a lot. If I haven't, then 
you know, give me a DM or, 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 or Kino a DM or, or a question tweet, you know, in the next few days and we'll try and answer it individually because it's just, there's so many questions. I think there's 85 questions, I think, this week. So um, time for another show, I think, of a, of a mailbag. But no, this is the last one. Okay, so there's a few, a couple more and then we'll, we'll have to go. Uh, Scotty says, have we lost our connection with Uncle George since Nuno left? It seems Nuno and Mendes' relationship was pivotal into getting the gems like Jota, Neves, Moutinho. Is Uncle George still helping she and company? Well, I, I just look at just look at the deals that, that came in in the summer. Jose Sarr, mm-hmm. Francisco Trincao. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe... I'm saying helping, a... I'm saying helping. <laughs> I, I believe not with, that... Not with Jose, Jose's great, obviously. Yeah, yeah Jose's top draw. Um, I believe a lot of people want to sign Trincao still they're still at him and they want to sign him um, by, the, by the way sorry digressing slightly but straight. not really um, Traore where do you see him sold it's a real t- I mean it's as it stands I've got no real update there I mean it's a very much a, a wait and see there's so many different scenarios that, mm-hmm. that can come out here because the, the Barcelona president has been Again, speaking in the Spanish press, I tell you what, he loves a quote. That man doesn't. Oh, loves a quote. Absolutely loves a quote. Uh, he's been in the Spanish press again today, saying, um, I mean, not really saying anything new, but just again talking about Joyore for not really any reason. I mean, obviously he's been asked a question. I can understand he's answered it, but there's no really nothing new here. He's just said, you know, the the option price is very high, and we have to consider financial fair play. I mean, we've, I think we've known for a while that they were very unlikely to be paying that £29 million from anyway. Um, and then he also caveat that by adding, and we've also got the, I believe he described it as a situation, we've also got the Wolves and Trincao situation as well. So, you know, I, I think if we can speculate, they were probably hedging their bets on Wolves taking Trincao. Um, you know, there's still a decision there to be made from Wolves. For my money, I wouldn't. Um, I think he's... Clearly, very talented player who has got a lot of things going for him, but he has not made it work this season. His age is on his side, and look, Wolves may keep him, and he may turn out to be a great player. Um, but I just haven't been convinced. So for me, you know, I wouldn't do that deal. But uh, you know, it's not off the table as it as it stands, and it's really a wait and see scenario here with with Trincao and um, and because we, we just don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm just trying to scroll through. Let's have a look. Da, 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 da. I want to hopefully finish on a positive. Uh, okay, here I finish on a positive. Um, no, I'm not gonna, this can't be the last question. Wayne, do you think Wolves will be in a relegation battle next season? Uh, no. Uh, okay. Stay positive. I think you know they have to get the business right, but I think they've got enough talented players to, to be okay. Quite a, few, quite a few people saying, did Foson actually want European football with, with the signing players and, and the money and, and the situation there? I think they wanted European football, uh, of course they did, surely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, in some ways I can understand where this thinking comes in with, with some people, but it's it's almost sort of conspiracy theory stuff, isn't it? Um, look, uh, you have to think about it logically, even if they didn't want European football, how are they going to get that across to, one, the manager in Bruno who... He's desperate to do as best as he can and improve his own career, not just for Wolves. And then also, if they did get it across to him that they don't want European football, how are they going to then relay that to the players? Are they going to sit down with each of the 25 players individually and say, look, you've got to play as bad as you can now for the next three weeks? It's, it's, just, not, it's just not realistic. It's yeah. not possible. So, no, they, they wanted European football and they missed the opportunity. Adrian, final one. Uh... Always used to be one player that, to leave that wasn't expected, apart from Neves. Who could it be this summer? Who, who's someone who would not be expected to leave who do you think could leave 
Wolves later um, at this moment in time? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I've seen what this, I've seen someone else reply with an answer to this, which I'm actually going to answer myself and say Connor Cody. Um, do I think he will go? The answer is no. But if you're having to ask me for someone who I don't think will go, who could go, I could see a situation where Wolves let him go. Um, because I believe you know Newcastle have been linked with him very heavily. I think if, if the money was right and Wolves were looking to make the changes that they're looking, well, potentially looking to make in terms of formation, there's no guarantee with that. But if they are looking to make those changes and the money was right, I could, I could see it happening. I don't think it will, but I could see it being a possibility. Yeah, um, I, w- I would agree with that, Liam. Um, a couple, again, like you say, money talks. And Bruno's already said money talks. So... Yeah, yeah. And my, my second option to that, very quickly, would be someone like a Dendonka or Willy Bolly as well. Someone who okay. who may search for a fresh start. Um, I think but... Bolly. I think Bolly. I think you. I, I would agree with Bolly. What I was going to go down the lines of is um, if you get forty-five to fifty million pounds or forty million pound offer on Max Kilman, then that will test the resolve of Wolves. Um, now he, I know he's injured and he, and he didn't finish the the season with probably the form that he started it with or throughout the middle. But uh, that'll be an interesting decision that, that Wolves will have to make. Remember, 40, 50, 60, 70 million pounds recouped in the summer might only get you a couple of players, two or three players. You're going to have to use this wisely. Um, and the other one is Daniel Pedenz. Um I, I think he'll be here, but um, like I say... It, if if you if he is unhappy, if he's not happy with the situation with the regime, then I think Bruno's already said that that he wants players who want to be here, want to be playing, and he's not he's not afraid of hanging them out to dry with some of his press conferences as well. So you don't want that. You want you want people who are pulling in the same direction. And I think if he isn't, then I think he will he will have um, you know, I'm talking about saleable assets here. But I, I think all these players are more likely to stay than not. But you've asked for someone who's who you think would be unlikely, a bit of a shock. So we're giving you some shock players. Couldn't agree more. Okay. Okay. Um, We're on the same page. All right. Summer ahead. There's going to be. There's going to be. It's going to be a busy summer, mate. It's going to be a busy summer. I think it's all going to ramp up. We might have a little bit of a dead period now for a couple of weeks. Saying that, play. People are still starting to sign, aren't they? You see some of the some of the Premier League sides already strengthening. Well, we want to get in early, um, and we'll have we'll have plenty we'll have plenty of stuff to come over this summer. Um, but that's it for us. That's it for our our season our season finale, mate. For the. Um, Episode two hundred and fifty-three. So thank you very much. Thank you for to everybody who was who's kind of contributed throughout the season, not just on the podcast. And you know, you guys are very special. Five, six, seven, eight thousand people of you listening um, on it, on occasion. So it's it's amazing. And you know, this has always been you know the kind of the kind of baby and, and, and the thing that we enjoy the most. So so thank you very much for that, Keno. It's been a first season with you. Thank yes. you to you. I, I know we're giving you some you stick. Mind, would you mind if I have a very quick last word as well? I will yes. make it quick. Yes, go on. Um, and look, you were probably maybe about to say something similar because you, you know, giving me stick and all that, which you know I put up with a lot working with uh, with old Mister Judo over here. Look, we we uh, we give each other you know a bit of stick, warranted at times, but it's all in good fun. Um, and um, and I just actually wanted to publicly thank you, Mister Judo, because oh, what you have um, look, you, you in all seriousness, you've been a great help to me. You know, someone I first came in. It's a big, it's a big job. It's a big task at hand, and I, I hope I've done it justice. And I think a lot of the fans have been, have been very, very kind to me. I've had very little, actually. We, you know, we joke about a couple of things that people say. But I've had very little backlash, which hopefully is a good sign. Um, and uh, so, yeah, just to you and, and to the fans, really, because everyone's been brilliant with me. Um, and I tweeted about it the other night after the Liverpool game that it's been a, a pleasure and a privilege, and it really has. It's been a dream come true for me to have this job. So. 
I uh, yeah, I'm getting choked up. No, I'm not really. Uh, no, it's uh, I don't. I try and stay as objective as I can, and and don't sort of get too emotional either high or low. But sometimes it's nice to be a little bit real. Um, and uh, and just say yeah, it's been a, it's been an absolute dream. So I'm really looking forward to to a big summer and moving on and uh, and cracking on with hopefully what will be an even better second season. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dumb. The thing is, my voice actually went dry at one point. It sounded like I was cracking. It sounded like I was cracking good, up. It's good, like, good, good effects of the podcast, mate. I like it. I like it, I like it. That's brilliant. No, it's been great, mate. Thoroughly enjoyed it. A great job. Um, and uh, yeah, um, your, your reporter for next season will be. Sorry, I've got, I haven't told you this, Kino. Um, you, you've been, you're getting binned off. You're getting replaced. Unbelievable. No, no, no. Unbelievable. It'll be good. We'll be, we'll be back next season. Um, like I say, thanks for everyone. Thanks for everyone who's stopping and, and doing the videos afterwards in the game. Who, like you say, who just come and cross and says hi to me, and Liam, you know, and just say thank you or whatever. Like during the games, and and we really love it. It's been, it's been great. It's been. Good seeing some of the 23s as well. The remember, well done to the under 18s as well, and and, and women. Look, the future is bright. It's gonna be it's gonna be transitional, and it's, there's gonna be some lows as well. But the, but I think there's gonna be a lot of highs to come. And uh, like you say, we just really appreciate you listening to this and uh, and taking part because at the end of the day, it's all about you guys. So for the final time this season, we will be back in July, first week of July. I think we're looking for. Kino, we're going to take June off. I'm, I'm basically on holiday for the whole of June, so and I think I think you're taking some time off as well. So, um, so for the for the last time this season, thank you from me, from Liam. Have a great weekend. Have a great summer. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>